We come into the world and we are given the most powerful tool, but we aren't handed a user manual for it. I am talking about our mind. This is Emily from EssentiallyM.com. I am a manifestation and mindset coach for driven women like you who are seeking more clarity, more courage, and more ease around your goals. And when it comes to creating a reality full of abundance, high vibes, and living in alignment with what makes you come alive. If you are ready to create a life that you are absolutely in love with and live in a reality that is better than your dreams, then stick with me and consider this your weekly dose of free coaching. Welcome to the Miracle Mindset. This episode is sponsored by my Magnetic AF Hypnosis and Meditation Bundle. I created this bundle to be a three-part bundle which has a forgiveness meditation, a gratitude meditation, and then a future self-hypnosis, which is really cool. All three of them are really cool experience where you get to cleanse yourself, become a clear slate, forgive what you need to forgive, release what's no longer serving you, and then tap into gratitude and be in the right vibration for attracting money, opportunities, and miracles. And then you move into meeting your future self where you can actually meet with the future version of yourself during this hypnosis. Ask any questions you need to ask, and then you get to embody and become that future version of yourself. Since I started using these on myself, my manifestations have been happening so much more quickly and things are just manifesting really rapidly. So it's a great way to supercharge, um, hence the name Magnetic AF. You will become a super magnet to your desires. And right now you can get it in a bundle, three for $33. I cannot guarantee that that price is going to stay like that forever. They normally sell for $14 a piece. So quite a bit of savings there. Head on over to essentiallym.com slash shop and check that out. So essentiallymm.com slash shop. All right, Tiffany Peterson, good morning. Hi, love. Good morning to you. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, Tiffany, before we begin, I just have to tell you, and I'm saying this on the record so that our audience can hear as well, how major this conversation with you is for me and how exciting this is. You were actually my gateway drug, so to speak, into this whole world of personal development and it was around this time of year, about four or five years ago, my sister sent me this link to an email with this link to a recording of what sounded like a phone call conversation with this woman named Tiffany Peterson. And she was preaching and talking about gratitude and generosity. And you were teaching that to have an abundant life and to have more good in our lives, we need to be the good and be more generous and be more grateful. and. I just fell in love with every single thing that you said. And I went on to watch all of your YouTube videos and follow all your content, take some of your programs and courses. And so it seriously changed the whole trajectory of my life. And um, my bookshelf too is full of every single book you've ever recommended. You'd be proud. The Soul of Money, <laughs> The Success Principle, Seven mm -hmm. Habits, all of those goodies. Every single thing you recommended, I've, I've devoured it. And that's how really I truly ended up falling in love with this whole world of personal development. And now here I am hosting this podcast and I have my own coaching business working with ambitious women and teaching them all of these principles that I first learned from you. So this is such a full circle moment for me, especially because we're in the middle of another one of your gratitude and generosity series, which I'm loving. 
So I just wanted to let you know mm -hmm. the ripple effect that you have on this planet because now I'm sharing these principles with basically anyone who will listen to me and working with women and helping them reach their full potential. So, oh my gosh, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> yeah, I don't her. normally start it's a podcast <laughs> crying, but thank you it's, for that. It's true. So I just want to, I had to, I know this episode is not about me, but I had to tell you that. And I've been manifesting being able to meet with you someday and tell you this. So this is like, guys who are listening, this is manifestation in real time. This is happening. It's hmm. It's so crazy and I'm, I got to try not to cry because we have an interview to get through, but thank you, my love. Well, thank you. And thank you for saying those very kind things and well, giving me a true. moment into that, like mm, seeing a face, right? Because we're podcasting live yeah. visually, even though all of you will hear this with just audio, but just yeah. to see someone face to face and to hear that. So thank you. And I'm so oh. grateful and proud of you for all the work that you're doing in the world to bring more light and love. I love when we all choose in to be the light and in our own ways and in our own circles that we choose to share the good. So I'm excited to see what magic we create together today. Thank you. Yes, let's do it. Let's make some magic. I'm so ready. So Tiffany, can you, um, can you give us a peek into your story for the three people listening who don't yet know who you are and tell us who you are and what you do. Oh goodness. Yeah. So the longer story shorter is that, and most of you can probably relate to that life looks different than the way that you planned. Right. So my life is very different than what I imagined it would become and what it would be. I grew up here in Salt Lake city, Utah, where I'm still based. And I grew up and thought I was going to be a special needs teacher. I've always loved training and teaching I've always loved children and always especially had a soft spot for kids with disabilities. And intentionally, I thought I was going to be a special needs teacher. And I worked in three classrooms over two years with kiddos in elementary ed with specifically special needs education as an aid to the teacher I was going to university. And I just loved that process. And I, I still have that same exact teacher heart. But it's interesting, again, that life sometimes looks different than the way we planned. And then truthfully, I thought I'd get married and be a stay-at-home mom and sew Halloween costumes and raise babies. And that sincere desire, still have that desire, even though I'm single without kiddos, that I, same desire of want I wanted to be a mama was to raise kiddos to have great self-esteem and to love themselves and to contribute positively to the planet. So I'm still living out my mission. It's just yeah. different than the way that I planned and the way that it, I visualized it. So I left the public education sector and I went to work for a training development company and from there became aware of Franklin Covey. And some of you may not know that company name, but here in Utah, really large presence. Yeah. And the one of the founders is a gentleman named Stephen Covey, the author of the powerful, massive influence book to personal development and personal effectiveness is a book called The Seven Habits of highly effective people. Yeah. That book was on the bestsellers list for 15 years. Such a good book. Right. I mean, that's a must read. I go back to that book at least once a year. There's five books I reread every single year. And that's one of them is just the power of those principles that he's teaching. And so I went to work for him and his company and selling coaching programs for Franklin Covey. And this is back before love coaching was such the common household buzzword that it is mm -hmm. today. You know, now we have all kinds of coaches. You have organization, you have business, personal life, spiritual, dog walking, you know, I mean, all yeah. the things in coaching. And so I went to work for them and then the brand Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and then the brand Jack Canfield. 
and help them make millions and millions of dollars selling personal coaching. And I went on to be the first woman in that company history to be a top 10 sales performer, right? Yeah, like did. their president's club. Yeah. But what you don't know, <laughs> yes, girl. and that's because you know me now that I've evolved into her. But the reality is, is that I had no sales background. You know, mm -hmm. again, I was made a special needs teacher and I went to work for them. But what I did have was passion and I had work ethic. And I think that's worth writing down is when we study success, success leaves clues. And whether someone's in healthcare or personal development, technology, or the beauty business or personal, whatever, you know, say organization, whatever your business is or industry, is that work ethic and passion always have massive influence to your success. And so I learned how to sell. I didn't know how to sell, but I had so much heart and passion that I became and grew into becoming a top 10 sales professional in that company. And that changed the game for me, love. Like that put me on mm -hmm. such a different mindset. I quadrupled my income. Uh, the first time I made six figures in that year. And as a woman here, especially in Salt Lake City, that was a yeah. really big, a big landmark deal. experience. And I was never, ever thought I'd be in business. Again, mm -hmm. I thought I'd be a teacher and I thought I'd be a mama. And I'm still a teacher and still a mama. It's just, yep. again, the same heartbeat. It's evolved. And then almost 10 years ago, it'll be 10 years in January coming up on that birthday celebration, which I'll have to do something really fun. But I went out on my own and started my own little company called the Lighthouse Principles for training and speaking and coaching. And now almost 10 years later, it's just been such an incredible ride of so many amazing humans from public speaking and large conferences to one-on-one -on -one coaching to a lot of group coaching work that I do on the regular. But I just love helping people implement true success and sales principles, both mindset and sales that help them create more intentionally a life and a business that they love. Mm -hmm. I think one of the lessons that's in that for me and in it for you is to being open that sometimes life looks different than what we imagine right? And yeah. sometimes we start down a path and we then change course or something happens. We get fired or we go through a divorce or an illness or something happens. And we all have those life things that kind of can face plant us or redirect us, but it's being open. I've, I've, I've learned and I'm relearning in this exact season of my life with my own coach. We're talking a lot about being open. And just being open and choosing to believe, and that is indeed a choice, that God or source or universe has your back and that life is working in your favor. I believe that. I'm a faith-based woman, yeah. and I also study and I'm open to all kinds of spirituality, but I'm, I'm faith and spiritually based. And there's a scripture in Romans 8.28 that says, all things work together for your good. And I choose to believe that. And I think the important thing there is that's a choice is I don't always feel that way, which I think is an important distinction. There's times I'm in the funk. I'm, I'm sad. I'm discouraged. I'm frustrated. I'm still a human, even though I surround myself in personal development and spiritual growth. And, you know, I go to my yoga classes and go to meditation groups and in prayer or church and worship. Again, it's a combo for me of both spiritual and religious I can still, as much as I've read all the personal development books, I can still deal with my own stuff, but I still choose to believe that life is working in my favor. And I invite you yeah. listening to do the same as choosing into that. But that's, I mean, again, I know that's kind of a, when I say a longer story, shorter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. Those and I love that. Insights. 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing. I love that um, that mantra of yours that life is always working in my favor. I have it on a sticky note on my wall in my bedroom. It's one of my favorite go-tos. Life is always working in my favor. And another one that you've said, which is that I choose to believe we live in a kind universe. And when yeah. you focus on that, you really do see the kindness. You see more of the good. Mm-hmm. So, so obviously, that was probably your first time ex- experiencing the whole world of personal development. But when you worked with uh, Stephen Covey, but before that, were you were you taught about it growing up, or did you learn about gratitude growing up? And what would you say to somebody who was not or is surrounded by a lot of negativity, maybe a negative mm. family? Um, where would they mm. even start? Yeah, I love your question. Great question. I didn't grow up in that thought process and I grew up with very amazing parents. I mean, they still were human, but especially an Mm -hmm. incredible mother who modeled love. Like my mom is truly, she's just love through and through. I'm pretty sure I've never seen them, but I'm pretty sure she has angel wings on her Mm -hmm. back somewhere. And she just like keeps them in. (laughs) She's an amazing woman. Um, And I mean, of course I'd heard about things like goals but pretty traditional, which I still believe in, like, you know, write your goals down and state them and things. Yeah. I'd heard little things about that, but honestly, it wasn't truly until I went to work for Franklin Covey coaching that I got introduced to my gateway drug <laughs> in the personal yeah. development was a book <laughs> called As a Man Thinketh by oh, James Allen. So good. Yeah. Tiny little book, but the power of your thoughts. And it was new for me. I was like, what? Like before I just believed a lot of the you know, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And while I believe in fate to a point, I also believe a hundred percent that we are all individually equipped with the capacity to be creators ourselves. We're all the co-creators of our lives and especially the quality of our lives. And so I read as a man thinketh and from there think and grow rich. And I worked with my very first life coach around think and grow rich. And it was a game changer. Again, it, it changed my mind, which changed my life changed my income, changed my confidence. I highly endorse, if you have not ever read either of those books, put them on your must read list. So there's three books already, The Seven Habits, As a Man Thinketh, and Think and Grow Rich. So much of today's current personal development can have us stem back to Think and Grow Rich. Yeah, It's a classic written in the 30s, 1930s, and which is almost 100 years old when you think about it. And it's principle-based of just coming back to that. So you know, I think to the second part of your question is realizing that sometimes you're not always in an environment that's positive. You may not have been raised in a positive environment. My parents divorced when I was really young and that, that has had definitely an influence and an impact on my life. And, you know, growing up in a single parent home most of my life. And there was still though, again, so much love and I'm so grateful and so much to be grateful for. Yet a lot of things I just feel like came into my life at different ways. And nothing that I intentionally planned, but I was open to. And then once they showed up in my life, yes. like those books or certain people or mentors, I then allowed myself to be the student and I'm still the student. So even as a teacher, which I teach often, as you know, which is how we crossed paths years ago in my gratitude mm. series, which is an annual series. I've done it for eight years now. This is the eighth yes. year. Any of you listening can go to gratitudeseries.com and join us while we're live in 2019. Or you can, of course, opt in at tiffanyspeaks.com and join in on other trainings throughout the year. But as you and I met, I'll link that that in the show notes too. Thank you. It's one of my favorites. Like it's just, it's it's free. It's a $500 course we offer for free once a year. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it just nourishes your mind and your heart in the right way. 
So even though the point is, again, and even though I teach a lot and I'm still the student and I'm a student forever. And I think that's one of the things that has helped me consistently grown or created success in all the ways is that every day for me personally, I'm in reading, I'm in prayer, reflection, listening to podcasts myself. And so it's the ongoing experience of always willing to be the student. When you Mm -hmm. show up that way with life, you're again in a more open state, which therefore you can receive. Yeah. So, so for those listening, if, if that's you, if you are surrounded by negative people or you didn't grow up with that, like Tiffany's saying is get into the books, read the books, listen to the podcasts, surround yourself, even if it's just through reading and through online listening and learning, just immerse yourself with that, mm-hmm. with that positivity. That's such good advice. And I've also been willing to invest in myself as absolutely. It's yeah. like, watch you, if right now your circumstances are such that those are your only options right now. That's not going to yep. be your life forever. Set the goal, set the vision, make the declaration, create the vision board, whatever that might look like. Yes. Cause I, <laughs> I love my YouTube channels and podcasting and books. And I do that regularly. And I've also absolutely paid many times over to be in certain rooms with yep. high vibrational people to be in that seminar room, to be in the coaching group. I've done a year long train the trainer program. I have done a year long spiritual coaching process with an incredible Buddhist monk. I mean, I've gone through a shaman training and I've done all (laughs) kinds of things from both spiritually, but I've been to lots of business training seminars and coaching and, and things that I've invested, you know, thousands upon thousands of dollars in myself too. See, a lot of times all of us would understand the concept of investing in ourselves to go to college. And I did do that. And I'm thankful for my college experience. Yep. 100%, but your growth doesn't end or your investment doesn't end as you graduate from high school or graduate from college. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And same here. I've invested in in the little, at first, just in the little things like the books and the whatever I could get my hands on. Mm -hmm. And then more into the, I invested in one of your courses was one of the first things I ever invested in, Mm -hmm. um, the Success Academy. And then- in mindset and manifestation courses and courses with James Wedmore. And I will always, this has been the best money ever spent. I will forever and always keep investing in my mindset and keep surrounding myself with those high vibe people. And like you said, just get in the room with them. It's the best thing, the best money you could ever spend, the best thing you can do for yourself. I love that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, don't you think that's one of those success hacks is that who you spend time with? Yeah. I mean, your environment in shapes you directly. So your environment that you live in physically, your physical space, the people you hang out with, who you follow online is mm-hmm. who you're surrounding yourself with has a direct influence. And one of the fastest ways I think, like if I'm always running around with people that are healthy and in shape and they're eating fairly healthy and talking about healthy meals and sharing recipes and juicing, which I definitely have these friends in my life and certain accounts I follow on social for that reason is it inspires me that the majority of my choices are healthier right? Mm -hmm. And because I'm hanging around people that are choosing that. Now, I also don't get me wrong, girl, like real friends eat carbs together, right? That's one of my mantras. Like we still have to occasionally have a pizza or peanut butter cups is a a treat of favorite of mine. Yes, me too. (laughs) Yeah, you get what I'm saying is that, but that the majority of what I'm fueling my body with, and and again, a lot of that has to do with who you hang out with. So I love that. Totally. And who are a couple of your favorite mentors? Mm. Oh, there's so many, there's different individuals, but some of them are my dearest friends that you wouldn't know because they're not on a big stage. They don't have mm, books. I love that. 
but they're people who are truly committed to living good lives. They're kind, mm. they're generous. They give effort and energy and time to bettering the planet, to their children, to the lives, to the homeless. And so all of my dearest friends are all givers. And I think that's in matters wow. is like who you hang out with Yeah, again, shapes you so very much. And so for me, yep. it's having quality people in your life and quality friendships. I also absolutely other mentors of mine. I had an early mentor in my sales career who really helped breathe life into me and helped see my potential. I was willing to work. I just wasn't that skilled yet, but he was willing to mentor me in I'm not going to say his name just on air because he would probably not like that, but yeah. <laughs> some public people that I definitely, you know, that have influenced me that I just love. There's, I love Jack Kenfield. Jack Kenfield's mm -hmm. been a big mentor of mine. You have his book, The Success Principles. Yep. And <laughs> I'm, I'm technically one of his master certified facilitators and he's just a dear friend. We just hosted an event here with him together in Salt Lake City a few weeks back. And oh, cool. he's a guest on my podcast that just went live October 1st. And We've done a lot together, but he's definitely influenced me for the positive. Um, I really love Brendan Burchard's work as well. Mm -hmm. Early on, I went to some of his work. I love his Experts Academy. If you're a fellow coach or speaker, that's a fantastic resource. Really liked that from that business training. Okay. A gentleman that I know is going to come on your podcast later. He's a dear friend of mine, but he's also helped mentor me and I've helped mentor him. We have a very... Yes symbiotic friendship as a gentleman named Jeff Olson. So there's a plug for our brother, Jeff, Yay. who's coming up on your podcast too. <laughs> but there's so many. I have a recommended reading list on my website that I've compiled it of, out of reading hundreds mm -hmm. and hundreds of personal development books. I've picked my say top 25 or 30 books under the categories of personal growth, money mindset, sales or business and relationships. And you can find that at tiffanyspeaks.com. There's a tab at the top of my site that says free resources and there's lots of downloadable worksheets, but the first resource there is the recommended reading list. So if you're saying, Perfect. you know, what has really shaped you, those books, those programs, mm -hmm. you know, those people, there's lots of people also I follow online that I think are really positive. And so, yeah, mm -hmm. thanks for asking me that because so I feel like we could spend the whole hour of me like, well, <laughs> for marketing, I love my friend yeah. Michelle, who also has been on your show. I love yes, Michelle. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think about, and that, so anyway, we can just get into all of that, but yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's plenty for, for some of these people might even just be hearing of Brendan Burchard for the first time, or, mm -hmm. um, they can head to your website to start diving into those books. So thank you so much. How, how did you break into this world of speaking and coaching professionally? And what would you say to someone who's on that path right now? I am so glad you asked me this question because I just had a memory mm -hmm. pop into my mind that I have not thought about for years Ooh. and I used to share it regularly and it's going to turn into like a social media post or a newsletter. So <laughs> thank you for this gem. But I, for myself, this happened to me years, years ago. So this is probably within the first year or two. Yeah, it was into the first probably 18 months and I was speaking at my, you know, a larger women in business event, about 300 women in the room, which for me at the time that was moving into larger audiences for yeah. sure. And I was going to do a keynote there on confidence and I was having a, a little lunch before and so forth. And then, you know, visiting some of the vendor booths that they have at some of these big, these big gatherings. Yeah. And this gentleman who's a, a life coach himself and he approached me, you know, we had a booth there and he approached me and he said, so nice to meet you. He's very nice and kind. And 
And he said, I'm, I'm curious for you, how did, how did you become a speaker? Mm. I've always wanted to speak. I've always wanted to take my message to a bigger platform. How did you become a speaker? And he's looking at me <laughs> and I just respond honestly. And I get definitely, what people don't always capture with me online because we share so much positive is I am definitely a little playful bunny and I am quite sarcastic. <laughs> and in my group of friends, I just am always the one that's like pushing the envelope with that. So, but I promise I wasn't being my sarcastic, playful, funny self is, but I looked at him and I just said, because I decided to. Yeah. And I just want that to sink in for a minute. Yeah. Because I decided to. Mm -hmm. So when you ask that, because see, here's the thing, especially for women, this is why I love you're doing your work, girl, especially for women we were raised, but even men, you might relate to this too is that we were raised believing we needed permission for everything Yeah, that was heavily indoctrinated into us is that women, you know, needed permission and, and you needed validation or approval. It's almost like we were, if the principal or the school teacher or the coach came along and said, you're enough and you should do this, or you're talented or you're not talented. Yes. And so I think what matters is taking ownership is if your heart wants something, Yep. I believe that's God certified right? If you have this burning desire, desire in its original Latin context means of the father. And even if your higher power Mm -hmm. doesn't take on a masculine identity, and I believe in both a heavenly father and a heavenly mother. Mm -hmm. Yet even I respect that regardless of what people believe, I do believe that your desires come from a divine source. And so as you honor the desire, you're honoring yourself, your high self, and you're honoring God. Mm -hmm. And so choose it. If it's choosing you and you want this, then just make a decision. I think a lot of times we get stuck in the like, am I enough? Or is it the right timing? Or I'm too young or I'm too old or I'm this, I'm not that enough. You know, all that talk that we all struggle with. I mean, that's like, if you want to just pull back the curtain and see what's running the show for everyone, everyone's dealing with some rendition of, am I enough? That's everyone's thing, right? I've coached people that are multi, multi, multi millionaires. And, and, or, you know, or wherever they're at or super successful, super fit, whatever it might be. And look like, no matter what it looks like online, everyone at some level is dealing with their own limiting belief. And some Mm -hmm. people's limiting belief is a much taller ceiling and some, you know, it's much shorter. It's just this aspect that that's what everyone's dealing with. And so truly to answer that. And again, I'm so glad you asked, because it's been forever since I've remembered that message (laughs) It's because I decided to. I and it's that. like, it, I, I wasn't domed. I didn't get knighted. I didn't have, I mean, <laughs> I had people that had believed in me, but honestly it was this heart desire and in a partnership with God, we created yes. this path and we're still yeah. creating the path is he is my CEO. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important when people really, I mean, I'm okay. I'm going to preach. It's a Friday preach. when we're recording this. Do I don't it. know when it will go live, but <laughs> We're going to go to church on a Friday, but since, <laughs> even if, again, I, I respect if it's Buddha, if it's Jesus, if it's universe, however you connect to your higher power is if you want to change your life, connect with your higher power regularly. Yeah. Yeah. Invite your higher power into your daily into your business morning, yeah. into your business, into your marriage, into your finances is partner mm. with God, partner with your higher power. Because a lot of what I've created Sure, I've absolutely studied marketing and I continue to work on some of those things, but so much of my own success has come from, it's founded in that I've been led by my higher power. 
and I'm in partnership with it and that together we're creating, you know, the, the influence that's out there. Absolutely. So you didn't wait for somebody to hand you a microphone and say, here, Tiffany, please, please speak. You Mm -hmm. decided. And then what did you do? You approached, you approached events and started Mm -hmm. just pitching yourself as a speaker. Yeah. Right out of the gate. So again, I started my business January, 2010 and I, I started out, I made most of my money in the first two years through private coaching. I did a Mm -hmm. ton of one-on-one coaching and I do a little of that now for high achievers and individuals that really want that intimate group. If not, or intimate one-on-one relationship. I do Mm -hmm. a group coaching program that you've participated in that we can link in the notes to called Success Academy. And I run that three or four times a year that's open and it's much more cost accessible to the the masses. We do cap that at around 45 to 50 people a session. So it's still really intimate for eight weeks. That's how I mostly, but in the beginning, I mostly made my money one-on-one coaching. And then I did a little speaking, but you're bringing up a a memory for me too because you've been mm-hmm. through Success Academy, you've heard me talk about this. When I first got started speaking, I reached out here in Utah to like five different local networking groups okay. and just offered to speak for free, right? And just said, hey, I'd, I'd love to come offer a message to your audience Yeah, and happy to you know do that complimentary. And it was a way of just getting more exposure and so forth. And I think it's wise if you're in any business that you have a, a well-developed sales funnel. And I didn't have that. I didn't have a business coach in the beginning, which probably would have saved me some time and heartache for sure. But the reality <laughs> is, is that I, again, I had passion and work ethic yep. and I just worked on it and just kept practicing and, and addressing the fears that naturally came up and just kept working them out and, and hanging out with more positive people and, yeah. and just kept going. But really this source from my faith and was a real faith walk for me to, to grow the business is I was very security conscious about money and had a lot of fear around money right? There's nothing wrong with wanting security in your finances, but I had a lot of fear. A lot of people, what's running their security desire is fear versus thrive. And I, for myself, I was way outside my comfort zone to start a business. And every month watching my savings account dwindle, dwindle, dwindle month after month, because that first year there, you know, things were really tight financially. I was making some money, but a lot of what I was making went back into the business. Yeah. And so you know, as things were, I I lived into a space for me that was really outside my comfort zone and nearly drained my entire savings account to start my business. And then things as they did, but every month I would pray about it because I was not above getting a job. It's like, Hey, maybe I need a job while I build my business. No shame in that. Right. At all. But I kept having this prompting over and over again. That was like, stay the course. Things are working out was the answer to my prayer every month. And that's for me, my own personal insight. Each person has to connect into their own space like that. But that for me is how I got started is I just started offering and I did a lot of free speaking and occasionally I still do free speaking for a dear friend or I'll speak on a large platform and we'll recoup my speaker's fee through back of room sales, things like that. And, and plenty of times for certain groups, charities, I just do it because I love to do it if I'm yeah. free and open. And then I do a lot of paid for speaking now, you know, for conferences too. Yeah. But in the beginning, of course, no one paid me anything to speak, you know, right, right. <laughs> that's how Thank you get you. started. Yeah, thank you for sharing. That's awesome. Do you do you ever get nervous still when you do a speaking gig? Oh yeah, honey. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm Crap, really actually, so it doesn't go away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think that's liberating. I'm glad you're asking that. Is that I mean, sure. For me, I love it. And for the most part, I love it. I'm confident about it. 
I can still go get the nerves and the butterflies. I still, you know, cause every time you get on a stage at some level, you know, you're feeling quite vulnerable. There's a party yes. that's like, you're putting yourself out there. And if there's totally. say a hundred people on in that audience, there's a hundred opinions of you. Yeah. And we are all wired to want to be liked. We want mm -hmm. approval. We want to fit in. Like those aren't wrong needs. It's just when we put those on an altar and worship them, that's when we're in trouble. You put your purpose on the altar mm. and worship that and you focus Ooh, on that's good. why am I guided? Why am I doing what I'm doing? I'm on a yeah. purpose. I'm on a mission yeah. to change more lives. I'm here to influence, right? Yeah. And the reality is, is I am judged regularly by putting myself out there. Right. And let's say there's a hundred people in a room and 97 of them are like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I loved it. And three of them are like, yeah. Yeah. I still have to work at not focusing on the three yeah. out of the hundred that didn't resonate with me. Mm -hmm. But that's why when you're purpose driven and you focus on the lives you are changing and touching and the work that you are loving to do, but I do still get nervous. And I do a few things. I invite you, if that is your world, whether you're going to do a podcast, you're going to click publish on a blog, or you're going to get on a stage, yeah. some form where you're an artist putting your art out there. Anytime we are, we're going to put ourselves out there, we can feel the fear and the nerves come up. And so I invite you to have some rituals that ground you, right? For me, prayer is a big one. And I pray a, yeah. a prayer that I learned from Oprah Winfrey years ago. Me too. You've heard Please about me, this because we've coached. Yes. Yes. So she has this, I'll just recap it so other people know what you and I are geeking yeah. out about for just a second. She was <laughs> years ago. She's often the interviewer, but she was being interviewed about her life and her path. And if you don't know her story, I know you know who Oprah is, but she grew up in the deep South in the United States. She grew up and was born into a home with no electricity or running water. She was not wanted. There was no baby showers welcoming her birth to this earth. She was a child that was conceived one time of a couple meeting. And there was a lot of shame around her being born at that time out of wedlock and all of that, which is just, you know, the way that that was at that yeah. time. Well, she went on to, with this desire to want to you know, speak and broadcast journalism, worked in Tennessee and then Baltimore reporting the nightly news. She never had a vision board or a vision of the Oprah show and now her own network yeah. Yeah. and the influence that she's created. She said, but every day I got up and I prayed the same prayer. And that prayer was, use me, God, use me. Mm. It's so good. That's isn't it? soul truth. And I think you know this because in my office, right above me on these shelves, there's a framed photo of me on a stage. I was speaking at a large convention, a jewelry company in Las Vegas years back. And I'm in this cute white dress. And not that that matters, right? What I'm wearing, but hey, <laughs> well, I'm a does. girl. Yeah. So I care about that, right? <laughs> I'm in this cute white dress. I've got up against this. It was a massive big stage and it's a big white screen. And it just says, use me, God, use me. And I was sharing that with the audience of, again, mm -hmm. if you want to tran transform your life, you get into service. You make your yeah. life about who can I share value with, yeah. add value to, who can I love, who can I build up, you know, and being about that makes such a difference. And so I printed it off and I have it framed in my office. So every time I walk in my office, I make eye contact with it. Mm -hmm. But having the things that ground you, it might be that prayer. There might be a, a certain thing that you do. I also personally love essential oils and certain yes. supplements that help me feel a little more peaceful. But I think what matters more or with all of those things, those are influential for sure. Is just your mindset is to know, like sometimes I take my fear by the hand and, and say, all right, sweetheart, we're going to get on the stage anyway. Because <laughs> there have been yeah. times, I mean, there was yeah. one particular time, love, I was booked to speak in Washington, DC. I'd spoken in Nashville, Tennessee the night before and flown up in the evening, got right off a stage and got on an airplane, went up to, Na to uh, DC and I was speaking for a women's energy conference. And 
there had been a lot going on in my life. There's some background to the story, which I won't necessarily go into because I want to create more time and space for other topics too. But let's just say there was something that had happened that week that had really kind of stressed me out. And I'd been traveling a lot. I had a lot going on. And I remember going down that Monday or that Saturday morning for the conference check, you do a mic check and all that. And first thing, and I wasn't on until a little bit later. And I was doing two sessions for this group in that full day workshop. And I met these individuals and I just might, for whatever reason, my anxiety got triggered. And now looking back, it was like, again, that basic need of my little girl self. that's like, Ooh, am I going to be liked? I feel nervous. I don't know these people. It was a brand new audience, brand new company. Right. And I got back to my hotel room to get dressed and prepared. And I was full on having a full blown anxiety attack. Like, Oh my gosh, sick to my stomach. So nervous, sweaty, gross, just just thought, Oh my gosh. And I was so freaked and I'm in this, you know, just having a full on anxiety attack. And I think that's important to know is that, but what I did is self-talk myself through. It was like, all right, honey, well, put your dress on. We're, we're doing this anyway. And it's like, (laughs) you know, and your thoughts, your thoughts can race and you get yourself anxious. Now this is rare for me. I mean, it's, this was a combination of other life things that were happening at the time, but I can get that Mm. nervous. Right. And I think that it's important to know that I just mentally was like, well, we're going to get on that stage. And the fears of like, well, what if I throw up on stage or what if I pass out on stage? Well, you'll live through it and you'll have a good story to tell later. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like, yeah, but I just self-soothed. And I think a year ago I was at a conference as an attendee again, cause I'm always a student and a gentleman, mm-hmm. gentleman speaking was a guy named Tom Bilio. And he has a very popular podcast called impact theory. And he's created a very successful billion dollar business. And he said something, he said, in studying the world's successful, this is so important because this is not often shared when we talk about success. He said, there's one attribute that I think humans need if they're going to, you know, they're truly choosing to create at a massive level or at any level really. But one of those most important success attributes in successful people is learning your ability to self-soothe. So think about that. What are your self-soothing practices or rituals? As you know, I talk a lot about self-care and self-love, but having things, the way that you speak to yourself or having tools or people or tapping, right? Having a toolbox that is intentional for your own self-soothing right? When your stress level gets high in anything, maybe it's not, you don't get on a stage, but a, a, a meeting at work or working yeah. or being with your children or, or having a big conversation with someone in your life and your nerves are up, your stress is up. How are you self-soothing that helps you ground yourself, center yourself and love yourself? Mm. Yeah. I love that. And getting out of your head and back into your heart and the mm-hmm. core of your mission and realizing it's really not even about you it's about who you're serving and who needs your message I love that I used that gave my first ever motivational speech sharing my own personal story not too long ago Yay! I love it and you lived through it and I survived (laughs) but of course it's it's so vulnerable because it was my own story Mm. and the first time ever sharing it really so publicly and I felt like Oh my gosh, Tiffany, I kept going, running to the bathroom, even though I didn't have to go. My hands were sweaty. I felt mm-hmm. dizzy. I thought, what if I faint on stage? This is awful. But I kept praying that prayer and I kept thinking of you and of Oprah. And I kept saying, use me, God, use me. And knowing that I had a message to put out and that somebody, even if it was just one person, somebody needed to hear it. And of course I had my oils all over me too, but I kept saying that and I felt so, so nervous until the very moment, even when they called my name and I'm walking onto the stage and I grabbed the mic 
And then the moment I grabbed the mic and I said my first word, do you get this too? It was like this freakish calm, Tiffany, freakish calm. And I was totally comfortable and said everything with ease. And my fiance was in the audience and he goes, I'm so mad at you for saying you were nervous. You did not seem nervous at all. And I go, I was working with God, like we were co-creating and he was really working through me. So it was cool. But yeah, I was just wondering if you still get nervous, like yeah. leading up to. Yeah. And usually it's just a little bit of the butterflies. You know, I spoke for yeah. a group here in Salt Lake a week or so ago, and it was a big corporate executive group. And so I think I, I, I felt a little of the nerves for sure. But I think yeah. what matters is you just drop back in again. How do you connect to purpose? How do you connect to the joy of it is that it's your mission that you're sharing and that it's about being the blessing. When I'm hyper concerned yeah, totally. or nervous, that's more usually my thoughts are focused on me. How do I look? Yeah. How do I sound? And am I going to be liked? You know, yeah. am I going to knock this out of the park? Am I going to perform? It's a lot of like pressure on myself mm-hmm. that has to do about me. And when I drop back into this is about being a vessel, be the vessel, be yeah. the light, allow the, the words and the work to come through you makes a difference. And like, of course, anything you do multiple times over, you do get more confident out if it's riding a bike, if it's speaking on a stage, you know, if it's podcasting, if it's making your favorite meal, it's, you know, all these things, if we practice and do them, you do gain more confidence. I think what matters is that you do it and you put yourself out there and that you'll learn so much more by the doing versus the thinking. And there's two other books I want to refer to your audience. One is called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, which I know you know. Mm. And then a book I love in addition to that is a book called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Mm -hmm. And The War of Art really talks about how if you notice resistance only shows up when you're on the cusp of growth, yeah, on the cusp of progression. If I'm sitting on my couch, scrolling my phone incessantly and eating a bag of potato chips, Mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of a lot of resistance to do that. Yeah. But if I'm getting on a stage, especially for the first time or the first few times, or I'm going to, I'm working out or I'm writing a book or I'm trying to be healthier in my habits with my relationship skills, whatever it might be, anything that's put you in progression, it's natural to have resistance, but that's also how we grow, right? It's the same way you grow muscle at the gym is you have resistance in the process. Yeah. And so it's like the way an airplane mm. takes off. It would never catch flight. You will never catch flight without resistance. It's Ooh, the way great. it's like the resistance shows up in the airplane, like against the wind, against the pressure. Oh, is able to I love that. And so same thing with you. There's opposition in all things. There's yeah. not a, and not to see though, the, having the mindset that when the resistance shows up, that it's, for me, it's even confirmation you're on the right path. I've been yeah. wanting to start yeah. my own podcast for years. Like I had even had the equipment for a year. Yeah. I'd interviewed people. Like you said, I always thought you had one. I kept searching. Yeah. It wasn't there. Yeah. And I just had, kept getting this God tap. Like we should podcast, podcast, you know, like this is the next thing for you for creativity yeah. and for sharing light and good with the planet. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And I just, truthfully, I'm a little, a little bit sad. And I had to say sorry to God because I didn't honor a prompting. It took me a while to get in alignment, but <laughs> God loves me. So you're all good. Yeah. But the point is, is when I picked a launch date, I put it out there the day it's like, I clicked publish and we had a week to launch and we gathered a whole group and we're all jazzed. And I, three hours or two or three hours after I clicked publish, I was fine. I felt fine. Physically. I start getting a sore throat. I start getting sick. My body <gasps> yeah. starts attracting into the that. Self-sabotage. Yeah. And a few days before we were to go live with the show, I mean, the show was up, but before we were loading podcasts, we also 
had fully branded the show. It was all ready, all branded, segments ready to go. And it was like, we're ready. We're launched. Like this baby's ready to go. And then on three days before launch day, I get an email notification of some legalities around the show name that we picked. And technically there wasn't anything we could have moved forward with it. But the reality is that uh, through prayer and through conversation with an attorney and podcast producer that I decided to shift my show name and just Mm. went with my own name. Yeah. And that was through a course of some insights. But here I am like totally stuffed up and all of this stuff. And I put my face over the stove with some steamed water and <laughs> yeah. oils and like yeah. trying to get my nasal to open up so I could re-record. I had to re-record oh some my trailers. Gosh. The point of telling you all of that isn't about that story. It's that I knew and made a decision. I'm going to birth this baby. Yeah. And then resistance, you know, you know, exhibit A is I get sore, a sore throat and start yep. to get sick. Yep. Exhibit B, oh, hey, cool, you're all ready to go, but actually we're going to rebrand the whole show three days before it's going live. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But here's the thing. He makes this statement. You guys, I want you to hear this. Again, resistance. The airplane only takes flight with resistance. And same for you. But he makes this statement in his book, The War of Art. He says this, the closer you are to your soul's evolution, the more resistance you'll encounter. Mm -hmm. And he always says, the more you care about something, the yeah. more you procrastinate it and resist it because you care so much about it. Because you care so much and you're trying to be perfect. And that's why I let out with my first episode was talked about the power of imperfect action mm-hmm. is that a lot of times when you care about something, you're like finessing it, finessing it, finessing it and procrastinating, procrastinating, yeah. procrastinating because yeah. you're trying to be perfect. Well, perfect's great. Done is better as a mentor taught me years oh. ago. Ooh, write right? that down, everybody. That's so yeah. good. Yeah. Perfect's perfect. great. Done is Done better. Is better. Yeah. I love that. I'm stealing that. <laughs> I just did a post Still today, away. actually. <laughs> I did a post on my Instagram today about the the power of imperfect action and talking about going first, how I will go first and I will take imperfect action and I'll fumble through some awkward podcasts, interviews, and my sweaty, nervous first speech because somebody out there is waiting to watch me do it messy, to watch me do it imperfectly so they can actually be like, oh, okay, you know what? She's nervous, but she's doing it. I can do it too. So know that too. Everybody that's listening is that. So true. People don't want to watch you do it perfectly. No, I can't relate to you if you're perfect. Exactly. That's why intentionally at times on my Instagram account, which I love Instagram, it's so beautiful. I just have to keep a leash on it. Otherwise, if you're on it, you know, too much, any Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, I need a break. But I intentionally throw out photos occasionally or things that are not perfected. I do have some beautiful high gloss images and some fun photography and some great high quality, high caliber, high res stuff. Cause I think it's pretty, it's like a nice magazine. It is. Yeah. But occasionally I absolutely throw out the like not touched up, the (laughs) total casual, no makeup photo because we want real as humans. Yeah. And I, I love, and I follow people like that. And I think that's also why some people absolutely follow me too, is that even though there's positivity, there's also a lot of realness and vulnerability. This is bring me the real is I want to, I love watching passion is so attractive. And so when someone's doing something they're passionate about, I just love that. So whether that's, you know, biking or a sport or it's business or it's getting on a stage, like in your case, I'd love to watch you speak and do your passion 
because that energy is just so fun. Even if you say an um or an ah, or you trip over a word or, you know, I'm not going to care about that. Yeah. Not the perfectionistic aspect. I care about your passion, your purpose. People can feel it and they're drawn to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about your gratitude and generosity series for for Mm -hmm. a minute here. It is so good. (laughs) I'm wondering if there was ever a time in your life where things maybe weren't so good and you struggled to find the positive or to find the gratitude and feel grateful. And how did you get through that? And what did it teach you? If you have anything that you don't mind sharing around that. Yeah, but I'm emotional. (laughs) Okay. Again, I okay. I don't know. My eyes leak a lot easier the older I get and too. the more real okay. and raw. But yeah, I mean, I'm human. And so, um, you know, I've had some experiences in my life and some seasons that were really dark. That's mm-hmm. just being honest. You know, I had one one particular season of my life where the positive woman that I knew myself as and I had this work ethic and this drive and this like chip chop, make things happen kind of, you know. Yeah. And I went through something that broke my heart and I was, uh, truthfully, I wasn't going to work. I, I didn't work, go to, this one, I'm still corporate employed. I didn't go to work for two months and I lost about 10 wow. pounds in 10 days wow. and, uh, clothes were like baggy on me. I was maybe a hundred pounds, you oh know, gosh. and that's not from a healthy way, just being yeah. clear, you know? Yeah. And, um, I had a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression. I was just in this really tough spot, but I went to the thing I was consistently still doing was, but I mean that, you know, the gift of that is that broke me open. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important is um, prior to that, again, being so faith-based in my life up until that point, I was, um, you know, this isn't going to sound pretty of myself, but it's real is that I was quite judgmental before this experience, much more inclined to be. So I still was a kind, loving human, but I could be much yeah. more, you know, rigid and like there's right and wrong and black and white. Yeah. And this experience broke me open Yeah. because I was in some darkness that I'd never experienced before. And so the compassion that came after it and through it for humans, just trying mm-hmm. to do the best that they knew how. But anyway, I'm in this dark time of my life where getting out of bed and showering, which was truly a lot of effort. But the one thing I was consistent was, is I would still go to my weekly church services. And you know what? Honestly, love, I'm just remembering this. This was in November of um, uh, November of 2005. Because, you know, you sometimes, and this is long before the Gratitude Series was ever born, but it was the one of the darkest months of my life. But I went to church every single Sunday and went to my church worship services. And in our particular faith, we have different members of the congregation will give a talk or a sermon each week versus the, what we call a bishop, or in some Mm -hmm. cases, a pastor will give the same talk. And we still hear from our church leadership, but the congregation is very engaged and to participate. So I went this particular Sunday. I don't remember. I don't have any idea who this couple is, but this couple was giving our church messages for the week. You know, we do a sacrament process and a renewal Mm -hmm. and then their talks. And this gentleman got up and he gave this talk and he said something that I'll remember for the rest of my life. Cause I obviously am remembering it how many years later to share it with yeah. you. And he said this, he said, if you have a broken heart, serve someone every day mm. service. What he went on to say was service will heal a broken heart. Mm. And I had a broken heart 
And I really was like, yeah, that's so true. And it's one of those things that we can shift. And from, and since then I've come to learn about gratitude listing, even when your heart's broken or when things are challenged, sometimes we're not heartbroken. We're just kind of living, you know, we're just, things kind of just feel gray or we're just not motivated or as passionate about life, or we're maybe struggling with our, with with a relationship or financially or whatever it might be. But when he said that, that to me was like a a life-changing moment. And it was what I needed to hear. And I took it to heart and not perfectly, but I worked on the rest of that, you know, month and so forth to try to find some ways to serve and kindnesses and so forth. But I think for sure, it's like, how did I get out of and when, how do I get out of my own darkness? Again, I'm a big self-care advocate. You can find lots of that on my site at Tiffany Speaks or my YouTube channel. And there's different videos and resources for you. But I really believe, again, in being self-soothing. And there's a question that I model for my coaching clients, which you've heard this before, that I, and I model it for friends or whoever wants when we have this conversation, is I love the question, what do you need, sweetheart? Mm-hmm. And I love the affectionate term on that, is that we would treat a four-year-old, a four-year-old yeah. who's maybe had a nightmare or has gone too long without a nap, is frustrated. Mm-hmm. We would probably be nurturing to that four-year-old, like, what do you need, sweetheart? And to honor what your heart says. And sometimes that's a good night's sleep. And sometimes it's Ben and Jerry's. And sometimes it's a run, you know, or it's taking time to meditate or unplugging from technology. But it's choosing in, of course, I believe in gratitude listing and generosity and kindness and things like that, that they will shift us. That's why I'm so passionate about this course is because they have the capacity to shift us. They change our mindset. And if you can change your mind, you can change your life. Absolutely. And those are some Mm -hmm. things from self-care to gratitude to giving back. Those are some key ways. And absolutely when you need, and you're in a tough spot, get support, hire a coach or go to a therapist. I mean, I think that's like hiring a therapist, I think is is the equivalent of going to the gym Mm -hmm. and just choosing to say, if you know, to get some great support is absolutely a wise investment too, when you're in a tough spot or just for regular life. I think it's good healthiness to keep your mental health, to have support like that. Oh, totally. So that's perfect because you answered my next question of what would you say to somebody who is in that dark period right now, you know, going through a divorce, going through an illness or a new diagnosis or some terrible news. And so I think that's perfect advice is shift into service. Who can I help? And also that compassion too, because no matter how bad your situation is, those of you listening, maybe you're in a really dark time right now and you can't see how it could possibly be any worse, but I promise you there is somebody who has it worse. Uh, There is somebody who could use your help and shifting into that service mode. That is, that is what heals you. And Tiffany, you have such a service heart and you put so much free value out for people. And I know you're big on helping the homeless and helping in so many ways. And I wondered if we could shift in a little bit and talk to our entrepreneurs and um, ask, or sorry, if you could explain your serve to sell philosophy, because I love that. And you, I know you put out so much free value. Oh, thank you, Lovey. So I think for, I love, you know, again, it's being mission-based in your business and mission-based in your marketing specifically is all of you, no matter what company you work for, whether profit, nonprofit, whether you're self-employed, small business, big business, direct sales, whatever you're up to in life, you're all in the people business, right? So it's just knowing that people are your business and the relationship business. 
and therefore showing up to serve, showing up to add value, yeah, to nourish relationships is that, you know, the great classic book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale Carnegie's work that's been around forever in personal development. The heartbeat of that is, do people feel important in your presence, right? Do we give them our mm. attention? Are we yeah. listening? Do we put our technology away? Do we practice remembering names, which sometimes I'm not great at, just to be truthful. Like I'm good at it sometimes, and sometimes I need to put more intention on it. But the point of like learning to ask great questions, I really think to be great in sales, there's two key skill sets. One is that you nourish your relationships, or sometimes I call it nourish your network, but they're yeah. intentional to like love on people, compliment them, send them a text, take them to lunch, send flowers, remember their birthday, you know, give them your attention when you're with them, you know, refer them opportunities is that you're truly just the kind of person that adds value. I believe all of you can be a VC, which some people would say is a venture yeah. capitalist, which is powerful <laughs> too, but being a value creator yeah. and that you're the mindset of that, that it's like, you're going to add value. I have a document, a creed, if you will, that I created years ago, that's on my site called the creator's oath. And there's a statement in there. It's one of my personal mantras that says I add value wherever I go, whether I'm paid or not. Yeah. And there, and I have been taken care of over and over again. Absolutely. It's like you show up to serve and show up to love and add value wherever you go yeah, and watch the magic of life show up for you. So that's the first piece of being great in sales. The second piece to being great in sales is in what you're asking, not what you're telling and that you become conscious to be more intentional to ask questions. And I do teach a question-based sales philosophy called the five gates of closing sales. It's a process or a program you can find on my site called sales mastery. It's really being intentional about that. But again, the number two, asking more questions reinforces number one, which is helping people feel valued and significant in your presence has a lot to do with what you're asking and seeking to know them and seeking to understand their needs and what matters to them, you know, really makes a really big difference. Amazing. Thank you for those nuggets because we have quite a few entrepreneurs who are listening. So I know they'll appreciate that value. Again, you're adding value as you always are. Um, so I know we have to wrap things up shortly. And before we go, I just wanted to quickly let you know that, um, and I'm going to try not to get emotional now, you have a TED Talk called The Gifts of Adversity. And mm -hmm. it's one of my favorite, <laughs> you're already getting sick. It's one of my favorite <laughs> TED Talks ever. And you talk about how we are thrown adversity and challenges in life and how those challenges can actually be our biggest gifts. They just might be wrapped up in an unattractive, ugly paper, right? Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to let you know that this was such a big part of what helped me see that my adversities, I was born into a lot of physical challenges. And I was born with my feet were upside down. Doctors didn't think I would ever walk. They were clubbed feet. They were like twisted upside down. Wow. And um, a rare syndrome, it's called Beal syndrome. It causes underdeveloped muscle and bone mass as well as contracted and bent joints. So you can, you on camera can see my fingers don't straighten out. Everything's contracted and long and lean and bent. So physically I grew up looking very awkward and different and as well as the clubbed feet, all these surgeries, all these casts. And then I had developed really aggressive scoliosis and had to go through um, another surgery at age 14. So a lifetime of challenge and adversity. And I always questioned like, God, why? Why do I have to have such a challenging life? Why me? why this? Why can't I have a normal body? And I did always hear this whisper, Tiffany, of because you're going to use it someday, because you're going to use it to help other people. 
and <laughs> your video, it just, it brought that out of me and it reminded me that, Emily, this is your gift. This is the gift. All of those challenges we put you through, that you went through, that is your biggest gift. And so I just wanted to thank you for that video. And, and I know that was years ago that you did that TED Talk and you have done another one since then, which I also love, but oh gosh, I just have to thank mm. you for that. And um, thank, well, thank you for, you for sharing that. Yeah. And thank you for being who you are and just sharing that. And I didn't know that. And so I appreciate knowing that about you. And I think all of us can relate to not to feeling awkward in some way or to feeling paralyzed in some way or mm -hmm. disfigured in some way where some of us, we wear our challenges physically and some of us, they're on the inside, but we can yeah. all relate to that. Yeah, we all have them. Mm -hmm. And so the universal connection as humans, like everyone you know, has something that they love and something that they're afraid of and something they struggle with is just being more loving. But thank you for sharing that and reminding us is the reality is that there's this quote that I talk about in that TEDx talk, The Gifts of Adversity, where there's this quote by Napoleon Hill where he says within within every adversity is a seed of equal or greater opportunity. Mm -hmm. And you think about that. And so with whatever adversity you've gone through or going through, for those of you that are listening, to just lean into that and even to sit with the question, go to prayer meditation and ask, what's this here to teach me? Mm -hmm. That's my core question for myself. And I'm grateful for the reminder to get back into that. But just the reality of there's a seed there. Now, I love the imagery of a seed because it does require us to nourish it, yeah. to get the value out of it, right? Like you could yeah. have also chosen to just become bitter and frustrated and like, forget it. I'm checking out. I'm not going to learn. I'm not going to grow. I'm not going to put myself out there. I'm just going to be in my bitterness about that I had this thing. And we all have the thing. We all have something, every yeah. one of us, myself included, where there's times in my own life where it's just been like, oh my goodness, you know, and my own heart and my own struggles or things. And so just being reminded of that, I think is valuable for all of us is knowing that your adversity does, even if it's wrapped in sandpaper or unattractive paper yeah. as a gift for you, if you will seek to find it for sure. Mm -hmm. Thank, Thank you. you so much for having me. It's been Thank such a joy this. to have this heart to heart talk and yeah, I can't wait to have you send this to me. So I get to keep it in my own library now. Aww. Thank you so much. Um, I will link up in the show notes where people can go to connect with you. Is there any final thought on your heart that you want to just share before we wrap up? Well, I'm going to say this and it's not how I normally wrap a podcast, but it just <laughs> is what comes to me is I think it just matters that you know that you're loved, that God loves you, mm. the universe loves you, that you are a cherished, precious child in the divine's eyes. And just leaning into that and being open to that and partnering with that power in your life. I think, again, it's, I'm just following intuition because that's always leads me right. Yep. But just tuning into that to know that you are dearly and deeply loved. I read this quote this week. It was really powerful. A gentleman named Stephen Furtick on Twitter. I saw this quote where he said, in relation to our God or higher power relationship, he said, as humans, we see love as or equate love to comfort mm. where God equates love to trust. Mm. Think about that. So if we feel comfortable and everything's comfortable, we're like, yeah, cool. Great. If we're not so yeah. comfortable, we're sometimes mad or frustrated and resistant. 
versus are we still into trust? Is life working in your favor? Mm. Does God or the universe have your back? I believe that is an an the answer is yes. Yes. I just felt when you asked me that, my immediate intuition was God loves them. And I was like, yeah, that's Aww. true. So I'm going to tell them that. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Thank so for thanks sharing. for the safe space where I feel like my intuition and my heart can speak clearly. So thank you for that. Beautiful. This was beautiful. I appreciate all your vulnerability, all your authenticity and mm. this beautiful chat we just had. Thank you so much, Tiffany. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much again for listening. I would love, love, love if you could take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your social media, specifically your Instagram stories, and just tag me at essentially EMM. Let me know what you thought of the episode. If you loved it, share it with your friends, or even better, leave a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. And this helps our podcast get like podcast street cred. And this is what helps me to keep getting epic guests to bring to you guys. So help us get some street cred and spread the word. Make our show more searchable so that more women like you who are ambitious and driven and want to know all things mindset and manifestation can find us and join our community. Love you guys so much. Thanks again.